Hey everybody, welcome to Pale in Comparison, a proud member of the Doof Network. In this podcast, my sister uses her knowledge of the other verse to take a look at Pact, Wildbow's most ornithological work, and I try to not give away any spoilers. I'm Jenny, and Malia convinced me to read Worm. I'm Malia, and Jenny convinced me to read everything else. This episode, we are covering Execution, chapter 13.9, and Gathered Pages, 13. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to issue a spoiler warning. This podcast is filled with pale spoilers. If you don't know exactly how horrifying Helen is and don't want us to tell you, stop now, read Pale, and come back to this podcast. As for Pact, there will be full spoilers to the chapters we are covering. But first, we have a fan art contest! Yay! All right, it's 2 February 3rd. So you guys have less than a month. Correct. So it's not a lot of time. So you guys better get on it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This quarter's theme is transformation. Transformation. So any Wild Bow work has a lot to do with transformation. And so you can do some cool art. You can do pretty much anything. Yeah. Like this is a great, this is a great theme. So go, go hard. Let it inspire you. That's right. <laughs> um, the entries, um, you can find all the rules and stuff on our website, doofmedia.com. And you send in your entries to fanart at doofmedia.com whenever you have that ready. So, yay. Yay. Just before we started recording, I should have waited until we were recording this. I showed Malia uh, an instance of a transformative process oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um i decided on a whim to buy some uh what is it uh butterfly pea flower tea and for everyone else who's like why <laughs> and what is that uh basically um when you brew it it turns into a very very blue liquid and if you mix it with something acidic like whether lemonade or uh even like wine or I don't know, just anything that has acid, it turns purple and it's Ooh. really pretty. So um yeah. That's a transformation. Like a it's pretty trick. it's magic. It's like straight up magic. It's cool. <laughs> All right. Chapter summertime. The satyrs help Blake to track the spellbinder while also working to make him jealous. Blake and Green Eyes sneak in a romantic moment. They all catch up with Sandra and Maggie, but things are misleading. Blake achieves his seventh win. Then a Patrick, <laughs> Patrick, whatever, interlude. Woo! Um, he disguises himself as Joanna Duchamp and watches chaos unfold. It's a very summarized thing, but <laughs> what happens? What do you think of these chapters, Malia? Um, the Blake chapter was good. And, uh, Green eyes and Blake are cute or something. And then Patrick's interlude was really interesting. Patrick person. Um, he is annoying as fuck, and the way he writes and stuff, he's all like, I'm so smart. Um, but it's a fun perspective. And, you know, you're going through and you're like, oh crap, oh, the the sneakies. Oh wow, okay. And then you get to the last part, and I yeah. just wasn't like the first time I read it, I was like, "Do we go back in time? Like, what's going on? Like, is this explaining how he got her hair? Like, what?" And I, and then I realized that we hadn't gone back in time, and it was very upsetting. Yeah, I think that like 
there's lots of stories about fairy and i know that they're scary but like i'm really 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 starting to get it um Hmm. and i think that like like there's a difference between someone telling you like this little story and then like showing it to you because this is not the worst thing that like a fairy has threatened to do to someone or anything right but just like we've seen this little girl since arc two throughout this story and it was never her and that's fucking horrible (laughs) Um, and again like she's not like actively being tortured you know like whatever like there are a lot worse things that could be happening but the fact that like we've never met joanna duchamp and no one has any idea and like we see it and we feel it and we live it it's so awful (laughs) and that's where we're at it's pretty fucking terrible yeah <laughs> so scary because <laughs> at the end i was like okay yeah you know birthday party okay yeah why are we reading this um <laughs> and i had to really think i'm like why would wild put this at the end of an arc like what about this is shocking oh it's not time travel <laughs> we're not reading a random other part of his diary <sighs> yeah <laughs> i don't know if everyone else is like domalia but it's it, like no I feel like the the there are a lot of really cool things about reading the story this way and I think I've caught a lot of things I wouldn't have and I've really like dug into some characters and questioned decisions and really kind of like wrestled with stuff and I really am not sure if I was reading this you know in a weekend if I would have caught this or if I would have just been like whatever moving on because like the first time um I read through these chapters. I don't catch a lot of stuff because I'm just like, ah, what happens? And then it's like on the read through that I catch it. But if I hadn't had to stop here, like, would I have even been like, wait, what the fuck? Or would I have just been like, whatever? Yeah. Do you remember if this is something that people don't always catch? Or do you remember your reaction? I'm not sure about other people. Um, I didn't catch it the first time. It That's feels, for sure. Because like part of the way that Patrick titles things, um, Podrick and and I I'm trying to I mean Grandma Rose's diary skipped through time um although that was only forward I think um but for some reason I think I was kind of like this went backward and then I was like no it didn't (laughs) and I just have no idea if this will be resolved like at all I don't know if I should say that for a bold and specific prediction but I have like absolutely no idea if anyone will ever learn the Joanna shop uh yeah anyway (laughs) (laughs) we'll 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 get to that more um Mm -hmm. this so the satyrs help blake to track the spellbinder while also working to make him jealous just for funsies um he starts off blake starts off by talking about how the satyrs look too smug like they're like pulling something over on him or whatever phrase that is that anyway um and I was thinking that this is because, like, he didn't actually kill Mason or whatever, the benevolent and stuff. But I feel like at this, I feel like he has. I'm pretty sure that that actually happened and he actually just killed him. But I was thinking they had, like, managed to trap him in some sort of, like, alternate reality where, uh, I guess I've, so I've been listening to this Star Trek podcast called The Greatest Generation. I've been, like, binging it and it's wonderful. But there's, these things on Star Trek called holodecks, and um, they're like magical virtual reality boxes where they can like in in Star Trek 
replicators exist and they can recreate like anything that they know the whatever formula whatever for which is basically everything Mm -hmm. and uh they have like holograms and shit so they are able to create like vast universes within a confined confined space because like you think you're walking but it's just like replicating shit around you or something i don't know it's fine it doesn't matter so they there's times where on the show people think that something is happening but they've actually been like kidnapped and put in a replicator situation or whatever and i was like has blake been put into the holodeck um by the satyrs and i don't think so (laughs) okay yeah um this is gonna be a loose episode because um we're both kind of tired and so we're both tired acknowledge that now you know what it's it's cool guys i got some yeah it's this kind of episode we believe in our listeners that they can they can understand decipher yeah fuck we're trying to say yeah you know what and uh if you can't then uh lo siento indeed indeed (laughs) um you know speaking speaking of like fake worlds holodecks or whatever i had a weird really weird dream the other night i only remember a little bit of it it was really funny um i don't remember if i told you this but i dreamt that i was uh supposed to go to like to dinner with you and mom it was like Mm -hmm. a really fancy restaurant and i was running a little late so i got there the last um and (laughs) you and you two were both sitting at the table and i don't remember i I don't really remember how you were but mom was like super ticked um (laughs) but not at me she was just like really irritated and i like sat down she was like oh my gosh jenny this lady like two tables down i guess she didn't like her food and she's been booing the risotto (laughs) (laughs) and and all the waiters and waitresses i guess have just been going around just ignoring it because they're like we're not we don't want to deal with this (laughs) it was just like boo <laughs> oh my god. And then I woke up. So yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was really bizarre. <laughs> I was gonna say it doesn't really sound like mom to be mad at you for being late. So yeah, that made no. a lot more sense. It was not I I didn't even get a vibe that I, that she was mad at me when I got there. That's so funny. It was just I just got a vibe. She was mad. She kept like <laughs> giving side glances to like table a couple. And I think I remember like fi- like I was like, well, let's like tell one of the waiters and so I like flagged one of them down was like, yeah, I guess that lady's been like booing at the risotto. <laughs> and then someone like from another table piped in. And they're like, yeah, that lady. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, he could tell all the like waiters and waitresses were really reluctant to like do anything. Do anything. They just kind of want them to like keep walking around and ignoring it. That's a mood. Yeah. They're <laughs> yeah. like, I don't get paid enough for this crap. <laughs> I love that. And I woke up before any resolution. <laughs> so uh, that's funny. I keep yeah. dreaming I have a like a baby, like a newborn, but they're never like mm. a newborn size. They're always at least like six to nine. Like they no, they can't walk, but they can like hold up their head and stuff. It's like a big baby. Yeah, like four to six months or something. Okay. Um, but like in my like in the dream, they're new and I mm. I don't remember exactly why, but um, a couple nights ago, I had a dream where I had this like new cute baby or whatever, and then 
like later on I had another dream where I remembered that that dream where I had a baby was in fact a dream and I remember like yelling at Ben about how stressed I was because I kept dreaming that we had babies (laughs) (laughs) and I really love when I can like I remember dreams and that they were dreams in my dreams and don't recognize that I'm dreaming (laughs) I just I'm really into that when I wake up have you ever woken up like um being angry at Ben for something <laughs> that happened in a dream. <laughs> um, probably I can't think of any specific <laughs> times. I, I remember telling one of my friends in high school once that something had happened in a dream, and that I was like super pissed at her, and I woke up angry. And by that point, I like wasn't angry, but I told her about it, and she was like kind of weirded out. By it. <laughs> 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 <So> sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's only happened to me once with Vitalis. I don't remember what it was, but it's like as soon as I woke up, like I was like, oh, I was asleep and my anger just like faded away. It was like something really stupid. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I told him about it and he, and he laughed. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, that was a little tangent there. First of many. Was it the first? I don't know. It was yeah. one of many. Yeah. It's fine, guys. We're going to get through it. All right. <laughs> time is a wheel so, uh, um so evan is he's getting a little like moody he's getting a little cranky cranky there's the mm. word um and <laughs> well it starts off by um green eyes asking where evan is but of course she doesn't say where's evan she says where's chicken nugget which is actually a really cute nickname um <laughs> even if it does spawn from like her wanting to eat him or something um but she gets so upset because she thinks that Blake ate Evan. And I, this is so fucking funny. Like, I think, you know, she's just like, you've been telling me this whole time to not eat Evan. And it's just because you wanted to eat Evan. And like, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, like, part of, you know, I, I do think that maybe she likes Evan, but part of it, a big part of it is like, I should have eaten Evan. The injustice. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and that's really funny. And I am worried about Evan's health, and I'm hoping he gets better. Um, but at least he is, like, you know, alive and talking and able to move and stuff. So very true. That's a that's a thing. It's a thing. Um, um, I have to say, I mean, it's kind of understandable that Evan's kind of in a pissed off mood because he got like super injured. Yeah. No. Yeah. So yeah, just um, saying, like. I don't. I don't think it is unreasonable, but it, he is very cranky. Um, he is cranky. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's showing the the impact this night is having on these characters. Um, they're you know being worn down, and even even Chipper Evan is like getting snippy with people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is fair. It's fair, man. It's so fair. Um, <sighs> but, I'm so sorry. Okay, we're gonna make it. <laughs> but they're they're trying to find the spellbinder whatever he's called and they talk about how they might do this and the satyrs are like who oh that guy that smells like these seven things and also shea butter and evan is like what the fuck is shea butter <laughs> and i thought it was funny that green eyes also doesn't know what shea butter is um like i feel like green eyes needed slash needs to use some shea butter like yeah invest in some skincare routines like i yeah, she probably hasn't been able to go to the store <laughs> to buy fucking shea butter well, in a long time. Sure, <laughs> but like, did she know what shea butter was ever? Has she forgotten? Um, like, 
I don't regularly use shea butter, but I'm aware of it. And I, 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 I use moisturizer, you know, like there's some stuff that, that exists. Um, mm-hmm. I've like Googled and tried to learn a bunch of things about skincare. I think I've talked about this on the podcast and how um, skincare is apparently a thing. And it's a thing. The internet it's tells true. you about it when you're going to get married. Um, <laughs> That's like literally. the rule of skincare. Every in every man or woman's life, they go through just you know doing fuck all to their skin until they find the person that they love and they want to spend the rest of their life with, and they get engaged. And during the planning process, they find about fucking shea butter. <laughs> So you're saying is it's only a matter of weeks before Green Eyes would have naturally learned that's about right. shea butter. It's, that's right. It's a time <laughs> the time old tradition of finally getting a skincare routine when you're about to get hitch. No, but you like know? they're all like, this is the skincare routine, blah. And I was like, ah. Um, because like our our mom taught us some stuff about girly things. And skincare should not be a girly thing. Skincare should be an everyone thing. Mm-hmm. But but there's like some stuff she didn't really get into that much. And like, I have really oily skin. So the big thing was like, wash your face. Here's like, so which for is your important face. to be fair, you know? Right. But then like, nothing else. And okay, to be fair, she actually, <laughs> I remember her buying like a bunch of like skincare products for the both of us. So you can't say she never did anything but soap. That is not true. That's true. I sort of remember something about toner, um, but I didn't <laughs> use it right. Um, so maybe that's on us. It might be on us, but you then, but I also like didn't really need it um that much when I moved to Syracuse for a year and lived through actual winter. My like T zone or whatever, like the space between my eyebrows, started getting like flaky and like weird, and that's when I learned you have to put moisturizer on your face, especially in winter, because <laughs> otherwise yeah. your skin flakes off. Because it didn't happen before. Yeah, um, that's a rough lesson. Yeah. I recently started trying to figure out, like, what is what is a clay mask and should I do it? And I did one on Sunday. This is really exciting material for it's everyone. so exciting. But it was really nice. My face felt really nice for, like, two days. So, mm. but you can't do it too much, people. Here's the thing. You can't exfoliate too much. Well, you, I mean, you can. You can. You can exfoliate too much and it's bad. So don't exfoliate too much. <laughs> But moist, but moisturize the crud out of your face. Yeah, you want you want to wash your face to get all the shit off, and then you're like, "Fuck, I got all the shit off, and I need to put your own shit shit back on." You got to put shit back on. You got to buy the shit to put it back on. Wash your own shit off that has dirt in it, and then you buy the shea butter and like the other shit. Right. Yeah. It's it's hard because I have. I have sensitive skin and oily skin, and normally they're like, oh, you have sensitive skin, that means you have dry skin, and I'm like, no, listen. No, listen. Like, my face just is, my face isn't like pillows, or fragrances, or trees, so. Which makes skincare kind of hard, because I feel like it loves fucking fragrances, and trees, and, you know, <sighs> soft really stuff. Yeah. No. Like eucalyptus. I don't know. It just. I don't know. I don't know. It's rough. So far, it's been fine. I just always am like sensitive skin when I'm looking for products. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, green eyes. Again. Yeah. So did green eyes ever know about shea butter? And is this something she forgot or not? Um, and I, I mean, feel like that's obviously the main burning question. 
that we all have, Malia. <laughs> well, if someone so. who spends a lot of her time in water, I feel like her skin's going to get really, like, um, dried out from... I mean, she's a fucking mermaid, so... Right. So I think she yeah. should, like, it would behoove her to invest in learn about some skincare That's and i true. hope that 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 the story has any for fish that. that gets dried out we have to slather in, in lotion she's half immediately fish, so the fish That's part true. maybe is fine but you know yeah maybe i don't know get just get a tub of shea butter she can just swim <laughs> in the shea butter mm-hmm. it's okay until it's too much shea butter and then there's like there's an arbitrary amount of shea butter that's appropriate and then when you go over that line then it's too much yeah and then was you only find that out when you're planning your wedding <laughs> that's the point it is when the internet decides you should know the ben was telling me about something about people putting like vaseline and saran wrap all over their bodies or something and i was not about to go there because again oily skin but some people might not have too much there might not be a limit for some people on shea butter yeah some people just like Get a bathtub and just fill it up, you know? <laughs> That's a lot the, of money. The limit is their wallet. The limit is the wallet. The bank account. That's yep. right. And how much your store carries. Yep. Or Amazon will ship to your house. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, why is this, why are we sending like gallon buckets to this guy? Like right, they must be some sort of week. wholesaler. Like <laughs> Yeah. Or some weird like cult that like I don't know does uses a lot of shea butter. Yeah, I don't know. I'd be like, why would Gary? Why would a cult need shea butter? I don't know. Just because it just that's a weird amount of shea butter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That's what I feel like Gary would say. Gary does love. Yeah. <laughs> Gary knows about the cults. Gary, uh, fuck. Gary's been through some shit. <laughs> yeah, but his skin looks amazing. that's the that's the thing like and it's like those polygamy cults like mm-hmm. they do some creepy stuff i mean they like they're fucked up in a lot of ways but like their skin care it's pretty great it's pretty great it's like sam alito um i listen to this podcast called strict scrutiny which is these three con law professors who talk about the supreme court and they talk a lot about how um justice alito's skincare routine is really great because he like looks a lot younger than he is and he's vibrant he's vibrant mm-hmm. that's a good that's a good uh that's a good word <laughs> <laughs> yes um but yeah so one of the satyrs thinks it's funny to like hit on green eyes and i can't i haven't decided if green eyes is like intentionally flirting to make blake jealous which blake seems to have like very upset possible feelings about later or if she's sort of just like oh yeah you you smell good like you know i can't tell how much of it is intense intentional Mm -hmm. because she does like very much put him in his place later which is very fun yeah but Uh, she notices though she notices she notices more than blake notices he's jealous because he i think he just feels that anger first off and (laughs) yeah you know yeah i mean we'll get there but also we can talk about it now because i'll probably forget but blake doesn't have a ton for as much as he thinks about green eyes and how weird it is that she talks about romantic relationships i feel like he doesn't reflect like he's just like oh it's weird that i'm not super freaked out by this physical contact not like this is really nice and i like her and she's pretty and sweet like he's just he identifies like oh she's my friend i should keep her close but never has like these sort of like warm 
reflections on it. Like he like puts his hand on her back or whatever and like kind of pulls her closer. But there's no thoughts surrounding that in terms of like why he did that. Like it's like his actions show us hopefully that he likes her or something Mm -hmm. or is like somewhat reciprocating something. Something is happening. But I feel like all of his thoughts are just like, why the fuck does she keep talking about this? It's so weird. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's just not like romantically inclined. At least like anymore. Anymore. Speaking of fucking skincare, you know, he's a fucking tree. Hmm. You know? He could use something probably. Little bits of flesh. My brain. This is not good. How far? We're like barely started. (laughs) And my, I'm just like <laughs> skincare, skincare for plants. <laughs> what the fuck? You know, I bet there's people out there that would buy skincare for their plants, like oh plant moms, oh, like a plant mask. Oh yeah, like yeah. I just imagine people rubbing lotion on aloe vera. No. Blake is going to use a mud mask because, again, mm. he's a plant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Green Eyes is going to use like a seaweed, seaweed wrap. Wrap, yeah. <laughs> what would Evan use? I mean, he's too young to give a fuck about that. A uh, bird bath. A uh, bird. What do birds eat seeds? Need? They bathe in water usually, Air. right? Yeah, they do that. Do they eat Fancy bugs bird off bath. each other? That's monkeys, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they probably eat mites. Mites. Oh, my Lord. I'm so sorry, everybody. (laughs) Fuck. This is going to be painful. It's either going to be really great or really painful to listen to. I don't really know which one. Maybe both. Um, But yeah, we have a big long thing about plan A and plan B and plan C and plan B and plan C and plan B. And it's complicated. And basically, we end on, let's not do anything. Let's just sit here. And it Let's just fucking sit here and it works really well. Blake's karma seems to be good. Like I guess wild. he's like, I'm fulfilling the role, but like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, to be fair, anything's going to seem good compared to what he had. It might just be like straight up neutral, you know, <laughs> and it's going to be like, man, <laughs> it's amazing. He, it's like, oh, I don't have any idea where they went. Or it's not that he doesn't know where they went. He doesn't know where the guy is. And so I guess he's like, they'll lead us to the guy or something. Because seven is a better number than six and stuff. I thought it was interesting, the thing about driving and how, like, everybody out on the streets tonight is either a practitioner or an other, and others can't drive. (laughs) 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 And, like you know no practicing while driving oh i was trying to come up with some good like no texting while driving joke and i couldn't so all of you can <laughs> pretend that i did yeah really that's funny. the discussion question it was really clever it was really clever <laughs> like click it or ticket um, click it or um fuck my practice face and <laughs> practice and die that's your clever catchphrase <laughs> it's gonna die. be <laughs> oh, I think a fun discussion question would be, yeah, like, like, what are some like good PSA campaigns for uh, and slogans for for, pra- for the practice? The yeah, that's a good one. That's a fun one. Okay, because then we could get like, let's get some fan art. <laughs> I want to see some like, like, <laughs> I want to see some cool signs or some cool like, um, propaganda posters. Ooh, that'd be so fun. That'd be fun. <clears throat> <sighs> All right. 
No driving. Uh, cinnamony. Cinnamony. And chicken nugget, man. Yeah, I do feel bad that Evan is... I mean, it, like, I feel like if, like, one of my new friends was talking about how they wanted to murder me, like, I'd be sad. <laughs> so that's fair. Um, I'm worried about sad. Evan and Blake in terms of, like, there was the whole Tinkerbell thing, but then they kind of talked about it and it seemed like it got better. But he's, Evan feels like he's just being, like, shoved aside because, like, you know, he's he's a kid and he always, he feels that way where people are trying to, like, talk around him and, like, you know whatever and so the fact that he's like i don't like you know you're trying to shut me up and stow me away like i don't like i think blake needs blake wants you to rest because you need to rest because you need to heal and you are being kind of cranky and annoying right now and they are trying to have a romantic moment and that's nice where green eyes is like hey evan (laughs) let's not um but he he i don't want him to feel like no one wants him around or whatever and i don't i also really don't want it to be true so yeah, um, it makes me a little nervous, but we'll see. We will see. We already talked about this a little bit, but we'll get into the romance of Blake and Green Eyes. Mm, 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 mm. It's funny. He's like, "Hey, we're actually like kind of a good match because she probably can't eat me, and she won't be used to manipulate him." I guess like there's no con- connection to his past or something. <laughs> <laughs> falling apart okay all right i'm falling asleep she's falling apart (laughs) um but yeah it's a nice sort of little moment that they have (sighs) and she's cool enough to be like to acknowledge like hey i like blake which is very obvious by this point but still yeah um and evan is like oh fuck i'm sorry (laughs) it's like oh evan you're so great and he's great also i'm sad evan never had sushi um that's true but green eyes would probably be bad sushi so i, I mean guess i guess wouldn't be a great chicken nugget that's a weird circle of life <laughs> you know like green eyes wants to eat the chicken nugget chicken nugget wants to eat the sushi you know it's just a weird it's a weird cycle circle of life. do chicken eat fish chicken yeah. i mean like i know birds can eat like small fish, fish so I bet. Yeah. I mean, I don't think a bigger chicken has a chance to. Fish. Yeah, I don't think chickens go like near fish. Near fish a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, or can catch minnows, but and he's not really a chicken. He's more like a chickadee, which feels even. Yeah, he's harder. definitely not a chicken. Chickadee nugget. <laughs> I don't remember. I think we've talked about this already on the podcast, but chickadees are so cute and so great, and they're called chickadee because that's like the sound they make, right? They go like chickadee dee dee dee. The more D's is like the more upset they are. So if they're just like chickadee dee dee, they're just like, hey, we're chilling with my with my pals. And then chickadee dee 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 is like, there's a cat. <laughs> and it's really cute. <coughs> and I love them. Chickadee dee dee. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, um they managed to find the people slash the people come out and lead them to to the trap lead them to the trap okay anything else no all right they catch up with sandra and i guess it is maggie Mm -hmm. they think it's like mags but it's not mags it's 
It's fuck face. Um, <laughs> they're misled. Almost. And then Blake wisens up because Green Eyes like almost fucking bites Maggie. Mm-hmm. Um, so this part, the first time I read it, I was reading it really quickly because I like wanted to know what was happening and resolve it kind of. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just remember being confused because like there's the Maggie in the circle and there's the Maggie outside of the circle and like there's so many clues throughout this that it's Paggy and not Mags. Um and I can't really remember what I I think I was surprised when Blake put the hyena to Maggie's throat. So I think I was taken off guard by this. Um but yeah this was another example of like I didn't go through and read it carefully. <clears throat> Although I also thought that um Podrick wouldn't really come back to Jacob's Bell that he was free and so he'd run away and I didn't realize like quite how many ties or interests he had um mm-hmm. on the other hand this is like popping off as a location so it makes sense why he's back yeah. um but yeah he he says like hi Maggie again which means like I changed back into Maggie and mm-hmm. um yeah Maggie's not the ambassador Mags is the ambassador and he doesn't answer some stuff like, will I be the second Thorburn you killed? Because, like, I mean, maybe it'll be the 40th Thorburn Podrick's killed for all we fucking know. But, like, yeah. Um, Blake thinks about how Molly's not here. And I'm like, does Molly know that Mags isn't here? Um, that seems like a big hint. Um, yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, Podrick just sort of avoids a lot of questions. Um, and the thing that really kind of... The, the one thing that really stuck out when i was reading it the first time was maggie saying that she wasn't gonna get her family back because i was like why not if like maggie holt is tied to her her dad's like she should totally get them back but i was kind of like well practice i don't know Mm -hmm. um but that's yeah probably the biggest clue that this is not mags um i think i was thinking more like is mags in or out of the circle not like is Mags even here? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> it's sneaky. It's very sneaky. Um, and it's interesting that, you know, Sandra's in on this whole thing because, you know, that's not really the spellbinder. Um, and yeah, it's just the three fairy, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And that's fun and upsetting. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but yeah, um, in Green Eyes, we trust... And more importantly, in Green Eyes, Blake trusts because she's like, fuck this person. And Blake's like, okay, that's, <laughs> that's, that settles it. Fuck this person. <laughs> fuck this person. <laughs> and I love that. Um, and so Maggie, Peggy promises to leave until every, like, this is all over. And I guess, like, doesn't specify the exact area or something. Uh, and does, like, the weird... Uh, constantly moving away thing that we see next chapter and yay crisis averted or something (laughs) or something Ah. (sighs) all right blake wins again for the seventh time um and this is just so like i was happy but i'm also sad because i really liked sandra you know um and i do think that she deserves to like the like, I guess Jeremy's right. Like, the Duchamp family deserves to be brought down because this is a really shitty thing and a really shitty way that they work. But also, I love Sandra, Sandra, whatever, and I'm sad. Um, 
but Blake <laughs> Blake destroys Sandra after you know he's sown a bunch of division in the ranks by being like you know your wives and daughters are asking me to kill you um which fucks all the men up and then you know goes to Sandra and says hey are you you know tell me you're not going to let this continue like tell me you're like or or at least tell me whether you're gonna keep these arranged marriages going after you become the lord or whatever mm-hmm. and i'll give up but she can't because if she says yeah i am gonna keep them going then you know a whole bunch of duchamp women who see she sort of promised that she wouldn't do it to are gonna be pissed but if mm-hmm. she doesn't then like i mean presumably these individual men aren't entirely fucked but like they're only here because of this like they're here because of these fucked up arranged marriages and so that's a huge problem for the duchamp power base um yeah and for the men feeling like they have a reason to be there or whatever right um and have some security within this family um true but then yeah sandra personally uh loses a lot of power if she says yeah we're gonna keep doing this because of like all of it seems like all of the duchamp women fucking hate this but they also convince themselves yeah that it's worth it for now and that in the future we'll stop Mm -hmm. but sandra right basically being unable to say yeah once we've achieved this pinnacle of lordship we'll be able to stop doing this which is what penny thought would happen um is like too much yeah yeah that honestly that's pretty shitty yeah and it was i mean this is brilliant on blake's part and it sucks <laughs> Sucks. yeah because you know you want sandra to say okay fine we'll stop but like if, i mean then the duchamp family just says no 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 nothing in yeah. the future mm-hmm. ah, i hate it yeah it blows man fuck practitioners all right, next we get to the Podrick interlude, and he disguises himself as Joanna Duchamp and watches chaos unfold, and then we find out some bad shit at the end, which we talked about a bit, <laughs> which is really depressing. It's it's terrifying. Like, I guess, I guess at least maybe she's happy? <laughs> right. Like, it, I, I do think it could be worse, but it is... It's still pretty bad. ...fucking horrifying. Um... I think it's interesting that Podrick calls this a cold evening of red bells um, because I picture when I think of Molly's bell ringing, I picture like a silver bell, like a big mm-hmm. grayish whatever. And I also only picture one. And so I wonder yeah. if this is some sort of clue. Um, I mean, you know, red blood, it is ringing a lot. But is this some sort of clue to like the greater, broader power that is fucking with everything that he keeps talking about which infuriates me because i can't get it (laughs) Uh, yeah so he has this whole thing where he's like i pushing out truths and stick them together and i'm a fairy blah 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 i'm super clever and i'm like on the one hand yeah on the other hand i don't like you just tell me what the fuck is going on i don't like you (laughs) uh yeah um yeah, I mean, he is more open than he could have been, which is nice. You know, he he does kind of, you know, lay out, okay, like, I might want to sell this information to the courts later. And like, these are some of the problems with what Sandra, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, But there's still a lot of things that he just sort of hints at 
in an infuriating way. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> um, and this is something that makes me like, I don't think I'm necessarily like the most insightful person when it comes to literary literary analysis or whatever. You're pretty but good. I think it'd be really cool to have podcasts that are like spoilerific for Wild Bill Works. Um, because I think like being able to talk about this chapter and being able to talk about Toronto, like being able to talk about a lot of things with the context of the entire story would be like really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like so far those don't exist. Um, so those would be cool. Cause I, I'm sure like even just reading through the last chapter twice where, um, there's all that stuff where it's just like, it's Podrick, it's Podrick, it's Podrick. That mm-hmm. becomes super obvious the second time you read it. Like all this stuff about the the other thing out there that is manipulating things, I'm sure will be a lot more obvious on the reread. Whereas now yeah. I'm like, I don't know, Barbatorum? Like, that's my best guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck. <sighs> yeah, it's well, there you go, Malia. There's a future goal for another podcast. Woo! <laughs> packed again <laughs> um anyway i i like that podrick calls blake the blighted rose um feels like a clue and yet i don't know <laughs> um but yeah so we learn that the fairy courts will be really mad if they learn what podrick's been up to but um sandra when she tries to like lord this over him and be like fucking cooperate or i'll tell He's like, there's three problems with your whole threat. And we only learned two of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is upsetting. I told Jenny before we started the podcast so I needed to check something because I re- remembered this. And I was like, wait, fuck. And I like read through again and like control F for third and all that crap. And like, I couldn't find it. Um, And maybe it's, you know, also I have Johanna Duchamp. Ha 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 ha. But like, I don't know. <laughs> um but yeah so so he wants the court to come looking because he thinks that'll be fun um because he's fairy and um we'll get to the second one later because i'm forgetting it but it's down there in my notes okay so he gets some of joanna's hair and turns into her and i was like oh that like you know i wonder how he got that but also she's pretty young and you know that's probably something that wasn't that hard and like yeah she's like definitely totally in bed and whatever or like at home so there's not a lot of chance of like her showing up and fucking this up but also i kept kind of waiting and wondering about that yeah um and especially yeah i just kind of being like oh god like is she here ah Ah. um but yeah so he decides as he's fulfilling his promise to leave he will leave in the slowest most circuitous way possible so he can see the drama play out um so he gets keller and ev to turn into a behemoth of duchamp um and you know the end of the chapter makes you think are these also like kidnapped imprisoned kids um i kind of don't think so but i'm not positive um yeah yeah um but he talks about kind of like getting into the character and it reminds me of you know blake um in arc three i think in the in laird's house when he turns into that little behame kid um podrick can i think control himself a bit better but he does adopt a lot of 
mannerisms and ways of thinking and it helps him um get into this character um he has some thin metal flute that he uses to summon latita who you know obviously this whole time has known what the fuck is up i'm wondering how that worked in terms of joe awakening and bonding latita and all of that shit Um, yeah it's pretty weird i guess i've been thinking that Podrick probably made like a fetch or makes fetches or something um because he's not her all the time you know like when he was off in toronto presumably someone would have noticed that joe was missing so i'm assuming that that's kind of what he's been doing but yeah i don't know if we're like i don't know what we're gonna learn about (laughs) any of this shit but yeah uh i hate it um yeah yeah so the goblin king guy is like meh 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 like put up or shut up like tell me that you're gonna you know not just abandon me as a man um blah 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 and um you know you let you let some of us be killed you told him to kill some of us like that's fucked and Teresa duchamp is like the ones who died deserved it (laughs) 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 which is great um (laughs) And someone else was like, fuck you. Like, so there's obviously, you know, not all the Duchamp women agree that this was the best choice. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, right. The second reason is that, like, when the court finally shows up, no one will even be around because they take their sweet ass time. Yeah. Because um, what is time when you're immortal? Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And this is where Podrick thinks about the other agencies at play um, for the first time in this chapter um which is where we get the hint that like you know is it grandma rose is it barbatorum is it conquest like what the fuck is it should i be able to figure this out probably Mm -hmm. will i be able to figure this out no no (laughs) um but it's 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 a fun thing to be revealed at this point it feels like we're really heading into like we're heading in a clear direction kind of with this like okay there is this other antagonist thing out there some of the characters are aware of it we are now aware of it we're heading toward the culmination um hmm. which is fun yeah that's great yeah not yeah but yeah so another thing that makes me love sandra is how podrick is impressed by her um he arranges and sets up a lot of little tests but it seems like she tends like she passes them um and even though she loses here, he is like, oh, no, this is what she, you know, in this moment, she's like, this is the best possible thing. Like, I have to be seen as the fuck up so that whoever takes my place isn't inheriting that. Um, <clears throat> you know, she doesn't bind the Goblin King to his word because it needs to be his choice, not her manipulation. Um, yeah. And like, she is recognizing and doing all these things like in some cases faster than Podrick is, which is really cool. Um, it's just another example of how fucking cool Sandra Duchamp is and how much it sucks that like she's working so hard to prop up this family. Because um, like her choice to bind Hilder and her relationship with Jeremy, there's so many really interesting things about her. Um, I don't honestly about, you know, mo- like basically all the Duchamp women and girls that we meet. And it's so frustrating that they choose to do this but also it makes sense because like what else would they do would you do yeah um i just love her but yeah so she's like okay like men you can all go uh you know 
if you're upset, like, give me a month and you can yell at me. Uh, and it seems like it's all going to work out. And, you know, you know, Blake has got, you know, did did the best because there's enough Duchamps to fight Johannes, but they're fucking broken. And woohoo. Woohoo. <laughs> <clears throat> and and then the fuck face we've all been waiting for decides to fuck around. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because like Podrick is really like kind of admiring and impressed by Sandra. But he also is like admiring and impressed by Corvidae. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it elevates my perception of Sandra and it like, you know, even dimin- it, it almost diminishes my perception of Podrick that he's like, wow, that Raven man. So cool. <laughs> um, and yeah, it. so he, he proceeds to fuck up the situation by getting the diagram drawer's gun and putting it with the blonde guy. And then this causes diagram drawer to freak out and kill that guy. Because he has some issues that we don't understand. Yeah. Um, Sandra tries to stop this from happening by trying to, like, capture that guy's attention. Um, you know, people are upset about her doing that manipulation. But also, now there's a man, like, firing into the crowd. And the Goblin King is... <sighs> something's happening. And something's happening. <clears throat> when Sandra's like, hey, Penny please do this she spits in her face which like holy shit damn yeah um yeah i mean having had this conversation where she really defended sandra you know 12 hours ago or whatever must make this even more like present in her mind but that just felt i don't know harsh um yeah but yeah so everything's in disarray and they're splitting up and i'm like i I don't fully understand how this is like fucked blake um like, I guess the Duchamps aren't quite as, they're not in as good of a position to attack Johannes, but the next part of this chapter seems to, I don't know, suggest something, and I don't know, man. <laughs> this was a, a part where, like, I didn't quite get it. Um, mm-hmm. But Corvidae did take a calm, resolved-ish situation and, like, you know, throw up. Yeah gasoline and a match on it or whatever mm-hmm. um i just can't quite like podrick seems to think like oh this is fucked over blake in some way that i don't fully get yeah but that's corday's whole thing so yeah um we get a little time jump um where we get more junior council business um mm-hmm. the duchamp girls i guess are all gathered um except for lola who didn't come because She's like, it's less than an hour till sunrise and something. Um, and Podrick says that Chloe Duchamp is like sitting in this circle. And I'm kind of like, okay, so actual Chloe or Keller? Like this to me seems like, you know, he he wasn't, he kept referring to them as like Evan Keller, I think. So I think he would have said like Keller as Chloe. Mm-hmm. And so this makes me think that Chloe is not captured, but I don't know. <laughs> um, They do some sort of like hollow message thing and mags alistair rose um lola and ainsley all appear magic wise um and yes they have this this thing where alistair maybe is cool again i don't know what's up with this man yeah (laughs) um 
he's basically like, hey, let's still do that deal. Let's still like try to, you know, keep things chill between us. Um, Penny's like, yeah, but you're a fuckface. And Alistair's like, you know how much of a fuckface I'm not? I'm so much not of a fuckface that I'm helping Rose Thorford. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and so they, you know, squabble about how Grandma Rose was on the council and like, yeah, but she was stronger and like, nah, this Rose is really scary, which is funny to hear uh, her fiance say. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, Podrick's like, oh, it's too bad I can't interfere because I might have told them that it's not just Blake fucking everything up or whatever, but there's outside interference, <laughs> which is, you know, the second time he mentions this. But Rose is like, actually, there's outside interference. And like, thank God. <laughs> That someone else knows, and it's not just Podrick. Yeah. Um, although Rose isn't necessarily on Blake's side. Uh, we learn that it's not a practitioner, question mark, but it is something powerful. Something um, powerful. Which again, conquest? Uh, what's it? B- b- barbatorum? Uh, the abyss itself? I don't know. Mm. Something. So many possibilities. So many possibilities. Um... But they're like, yeah, well, Dawn's in an hour. Johannes is going to win because he's the only one who's not, you know, he's in the best position and he can regroup and we're all fucked and stuff. And Alistair's like, what if Dawn wasn't in an hour? <laughs> um, which is fun that he's like, I'm going to keep night going for another 24 hours, which wild. Um, <laughs> and, you know, this will basically deplete our power stores. So the behaves of the Duchamps will be you know, evened out, which Rose suggested because she, you know, loves everyone and wants everyone to be friends. Of course. BFFs. <laughs> um, and it's a great idea. And Mags is like, yeah, I'll try to help your parents and I'm trying to, I'll try to help y'all. And they leave. And Rose is still there. And Penny's like, fuck you. Like, die. <sighs> and Rose is like, I mean, oh, okay. And leaves. <laughs> Rose is like, I'll I'll try to help. And it's interesting, like, Rose seems, like, nice and cool to me in this chapter. And, like, is Podrick... Like, Podrick's like, haha, they hate her because her karma sucks so bad. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And it's, yeah, I mean, it's just an interesting thing about another being able to see that and see past that and something. <laughs> it's true. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so... um. Penny's like, Joanna, share your bed. And this is mm. where we're like, oh no, she must oh, be asleep is... in her bed. And we're gonna, something's gonna happen. And nothing happens. Yeah, and I was like, wait, did he like glamour her up to look like a blanket? Like, yeah. Like, what? What, what the hell's happening? But then the birthday party. <laughs> Which like, what the fuck? It just, I, 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 yeah. So basically, Patrick has had Joanna trapped in this, like, creepy birthday party for several years. And, you know, she thinks she's, like, about to turn 10 or maybe something, time, clocks, don't know. Um, And, you know, she hasn't been awoken yet. She doesn't have her fairy. Like, she doesn't have, she thinks... It's the day before her 10th birthday. And I think she's like supposed to be 12 or 13 or something by this point. Yeah. And that's really sad and terrible. Yeah. Like, how did the shops not know? 
do they not know? I don't know, man. It's so awful. And like, again, I have no idea if this is going to be resolved or it's just going to be like, yep, remember? Joanna Duchamp still in that house? Like, <sighs> yeah, it's fucking terrible. I know. I mean, it seems like Peggy, Peggy, Patrick is going to still play a bigger role ish, maybe ish in this, but also maybe not. I don't know. <sighs> it's so awful. And Eva's even like, yeah, why does this girl deserve this? And she's like, because it's my birthday. <laughs> <sighs> Ah, sad. It's so awful and horrifying and sad and bad and scary and bad. Yeah, like <sighs> fairies are assholes, man. Okay, well that's depressing. <laughs> We're at the end of the arc. Ooh. What does execution mean, Malia? Yeah, so you know the the main definition is the carrying out or putting into effect of a plan, order, or course of action. And like Blake did it. Blake was like, "Here's the plan." seven dudes here's the list let's go bam 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 bam. and like he had to improvise a little bit he didn't get the last guy but he did get the seven victories over the duchamps and he fucking did it fucking did it executed um i thought it was funny that one of the definitions we had talked about was the performance of an instruction or program on a like a computer hmm. and blake uses a computer this arc <laughs> so that was fun that was fun. That's the that's the meaning. Um that's what it means. Yeah, and he does like kill a lot of dudes. Um mm. like specifically targeted, I'm here to kill you now. Yeah, that's a And it wasn't necessarily like legally sanctioned, but not legally sanctioned murder. <laughs> As most murder. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um I I was trying to think about the interlude and how it relates um and i yeah i don't see how like the the joe joanna twist or anything really relate to this i don't know yeah um (laughs) i would work through it with you but my brain is dead yeah no we're good which is a bummer because i know like it's a podcast where my brain ideally wouldn't be dead (laughs) but i worked today and yeah that's pretty much yeah yeah we're good we're good sorry guys my brain is uh it's working it's just it's slowed down to a crawl you know it's crawling like a brain that crawls okay move on malia (laughs) no you Um, have to i i have to move on (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm gonna get man my brain okay this part malia where are we going she highlighted the next part for me to read she's like all right we obviously need a lot of help right here so let me highlight this because okay where where's the story going malia um i mean johannes it's <laughs> always mm. the answer this is the answer to every question except he's not at all um it really does seem like though right like you know the Bahames are going to use up a whole bunch of power to prevent Johannes from winning and so the junior council question mark like the the remnants of the Bahama Duchamp family are gonna join up to try to take on Johannes um mm-hmm. Blake's gonna like is Blake ever just gonna like go back to the house and check on his friends I don't know I mean who knows man not me um not me I mean me but not you <laughs> is 
Well, is, right now, I don't know anything. Where's Blake going? Maybe he will, though, because, like, so Evan needs to get some help. He he remembered that people at the house existed. So maybe he's going to go be like, hey, does anyone have any sort of healing shit for Evan? Um, Or he's going to be like, okay, Duchamp's check. Let's go after Johannes. Uh, but it feels like if everyone's going after Johannes, it might work to, like, talk to people. Yeah, it does seem like that's a good idea. And sometimes Blake does do that so mm. maybe he'll talk to people maybe he'll talk to people mm-hmm. it could be good okay how we're, we're gonna go to our pale and comparison section Woo-hoo. um similia let's what what's what's there to compare we can talk about the fairy how podrick is like marisica or like Gilome or like so not like them um we can talk about different varieties of skincare. <laughs> Lucy has a really great hair care. Um, she is like on point for someone who is routine. not about to be married. I know. It's impressive. <laughs> um I think the fairy are kind of interesting. I mean, reflecting on this has made me a lot more scared of and sad about Gilme because he's probably done shit like this. Like he's like you know, I've done all the stories, I've done all the things. Like he's probably been Gritty, really awful. Um, and I just don't see yeah. him that way, and I don't like seeing him that way. And a lot of the like, you know, the way he the way Podrick thinks and uh he he feels like, yeah, an in-between between Gilme and Marisica, right? Where he like has a lot more experience and a lot more kind of like wisdom and knowledge and really loves being a fairy, right, than Marisica, but he yeah is asshole more yeah he's he's a dickhead and he is you know he has a lot more energy he's like ooh the tea the drama um the ooh like whereas ah. gilmay didn't have that energy when we met him um and yeah so this is because marissica was like kind of scary bad but not super present in the story and then she was like you know blood goddess like she's like, yeah, like I don't want to be man. Faye. And Big G is winter and he's just like a totally different flavor. And he's old. He's old with a capital O. Yes. Were you gonna say L? Because that's what my brain filled Probably. in. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> capital L. And small he... O. Capital L. Small D. Old. Oh, old. <laughs> old. Um but yeah, just you know stealing maggie's name was horrifying but then you know it it it's not over and in fact it's been going on this whole t- like there's just all these there's things right and i can't fucking imagine how scary meeting mariska and Gilame was for backtraders yeah <laughs> um because who knows if you know big g had actually had jasmine in a box for 17 years like i don't know like it's just what it's bad stuff. It's fucking scary. It's not great. It's not great. All right. Let's talk about your bold and specific prediction. What is it? <laughs> this is another one of those ones where like, you know, are we gonna save Joanna Duchamp? And I'm really vacillating here um, between whether like anyone will ever find out about this or whether like Blake or whoever will obviously save her. And I have like no fucking clue. Um, like a Maggie Podrick showdown thing would be really satisfying. Um, like he's been brought back into the story. Um, and I feel like 
I want him to be resolved more. But because I could really see it being like, yep, fairy are just that fucked up. But I could also see like, and then we save this child. Um, Cool. (laughs) It wasn't a prediction, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Make me ask me something. Make me say something. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh, Malia. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? Okay, fine. Um, we will. Someone will save Joanna Duchamp. Done. Moving on. Who? Uh, 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 Mags. Mags will save Joanna Duchamp. Sure. I don't really believe that, but sure. sure. Okay. I mean, it's it's bold <laughs> and specific enough. Okay. Sweet, sweet, awesome. All right. Now we're going to talk about our previous discussion question, which is. What would your mediocre curse vision be? And we have two answers. We have three. We have three answers. <laughs> My goodness gracious. And they're fucking long, which is great. But like, you know, my brain. But I'm going to just do my best um, and read something. I'm going to read Fleet Feathers. So they say, I think my agonizing but mediocre curse vision would be three hours of stop-and-go standstill traffic on the Jersey Turnpike two days before Thanksgiving. I hate driving so much, and standstill traffic is so rough because it's mind-numbingly boring. There's nothing to engage your brain, but you can't zone out because every once in a while, the car in front of you will move, and you need to be ready to move with them or else be cut off. I think that's great. I would only add to that, well, because mine would be like, probably Honolulu traffic because that's like the worst traffic I've been. But I would also add you have to be driving a stick because <laughs> that's like the fucking the worst. The yeah. yeah. That's the fucking worst. Yep. Um, Macy one has written this really beautiful thing. Um, can I read it, Jenny, or should I it's nah, funny. go for it? Okay. <clears throat> the earliest hints of sunrise blanket the area. Within this morning's twilight, a natural silence sleeps alongside the people who are still warmly snuggled within their blankety cocoons. The occasional bird call, whistle of the wind, or even engine of a distant car add to the ambient silence rather than take away from it. This is not an empty, barren world, but a busy one that still cozily sleeps before its day has needed to begin. But the peace cannot last, and soon this tranquility is disturbed by the igniting of a most wicked engine. It does not cease, it does not slow, but it grows in volume and intensity forevermore. Soon enough, it evokes the image of a historical train engine, as rumbling steam whistle is seemingly added to this bone-shaking vibration. And this is not where the serenity crushing ends, because piercing through the blankety armored dawn by those who flee the morning are four pokers, <laughs> pressing in on breast and bladder, their weight seemingly distributed and designed to inflict maximum discomfort on those who are not yet ready to face the day. For those who can withstand these tortures, a third awaits. The warm storm. Hot rain falls on the face, hot hair is blown into nostrils, and hair is is disturbed and thoroughly soaked by the onslaught, leaving victims moist, sticky, and overheating as they suffer the onslaught. Eventually, all victims are forced out of their half-asleep state and forced to engage their attackers and begin their day. They arise from their beds and feed this fucking cat. (laughs) But what if they couldn't? What if they were forced to lie in the bed and endure it? 
What if they fed the cat and it came back anyway? They could suffer for days, half awake, assaulted by a feline aggressor, and not fully comprehending their plight. The torture would end, the person would wake, and the memory would mostly slip from the mind, leaving scars that fade quickly, but not quickly enough. (laughs) That was like a whole journey. It was so good. It was a journey, and it took some twists and turns, and I didn't expect that. It was fucking good. It was poetry. (laughs) It also reminded me, something about the train or the engine, there's, um, in my town... There's a train that goes through relatively often, but the the roads that cross over the train tracks don't always have those things that come down to stop you from going through. I don't know why they don't just put these in, because what happens is the train has to go super, super slow and like blare its horn the entire fucking time. Hmm. And that is like a kind of hell because it doesn't stop for like five or ten minutes of just like <laughs> this train just like creeps very slowly through so it doesn't like destroy anyone in their cars and it's just like fuck like add the stupid things mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway all right last Next. but not least captain rhino they say i don't do well with blood and gory injuries if it's visual that's fine i can look away or close my eyes but if it's someone describing it it's very hard to deal with i find it hard to block out the sound and stop listening and it's very hard to do discreetly during some recent first aid training i had to leave the room whilst they were dealing with some of the bloodier wounds one might encounter so that's the sort of thing i'd find upsetting in the moment but afterwards would be fine well i apologize for all my weird shit i talk about Sorry, man. Uh, yeah. I mean, that does suck. Uh, yeah. and, this also uh, reminds me of tryptophobia, which I have. Yeah, that sucks too, Remember man. Remember the tadpoles? Yeah, I fucking do. Malia, this awful. is... I'm, I, I love you so fucking much, but holy shit. This is like the one time I can't do any more fucking anecdotes. Okay. Sorry. Everyone like, will just wonder You're like, let's talk were. about the fucking trains. Let's talk about the fucking tadpoles. Let's like... I mean, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm changing my my uh, my fact just because I want to save it for when I can talk about it more. That's fair. It's a good fact. That's a good fact. <clears throat> um. So while you do that, I will remind everyone that our discussion question for this upcoming week is: What is a good PSA slogan or campaign for practitioners? So that's like a public safety announcement. So some sort of like public safety announcement or awareness campaign or whatever for practitioners like uh practice or practice and die <laughs> but but good sweet okay i found one good enough well on that note <laughs> thanks for listening <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please subscribe share it with your friends and leave a rating and review to support our podcast, go to patreon.com slash doofmedia. And if you'd like to support Wildbo as he continues to write fantastic stories, go to patreon.com slash Wildbo. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Pale Comparison or send us an email at paleincomparisonpod at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for our Reddit thread in r slash parahumans where you can answer our discussion question and share your thoughts on this episode. In addition, if you would like to see all of my predictions laid out, Check out our episode description for a link to a prediction tracker. 
Next episode, we will be covering chapters 14.1 and 14.2. And don't forget about the fan art contest. Transformation. February 3rd. Transform yourself into art. Into artists and unleash your artistry upon the world. And you might get money. All right, guys. This week's fun fact. Oysters can change sexes. Mm. So it's like oysters that were initially male can become female over time. And this is because an oyster's sex is determined partly by environment. And oysters. that's close enough to tadpoles. So we can talk about that next time. Oysters. It's not really close to tadpoles, but like know. aquatic or something it's closer than like a cat, you know? Yeah. This is red. Good for them. Good for them, man. Oysters. All right. Peace out, bruh. Talk to y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.